Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight i got a full ace. I have Kev. Hello. I have Todd. Hello. I have Rob. Hello. I have Ash. Hello. And I have Scott. Hi. Oh, yeah. Two last week? Yeah, we did, yeah. It's yeah. skinny. Two last yeah. week. No, everyone's here. I think it's because Rob said he was bringing beer. Yeah. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> everyone showed up. Speaking of Corona. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the road now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Todd, you got some news for us to start? Uh, yeah. One of our uh, departments down on the coast, um, they had a structure fire yesterday, and it sounds like they actually ended up finding uh, three uh, victims in it. Um, initially, the initial reports were reading one of the articles early on. It sounded like it was during a rescue um, of the fire they found it, or, or active firefighting. But it sounds like actually it was um, a possible homicide now. So, multiple homicides. Multiple homicides, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, the one article said an officer found a victim at the back of the house, and the other two were believed to be inside. Okay, because, yeah, the initial report that I had seen there just said that there was one fatality. Yeah, same So they bumped that night. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I think it was a show that um, when you go to a house fire, we never know. uh, Like, you know, we go to a rescue, but you also don't know what sort of... You know, we don't know why the house fire started. We don't know what yeah. sort of criminality could have been going on. So mm-hmm. be cognizant of that. Yeah. Good reminders that because we all have the discussions about how to, uh, you know, not contaminate a crime scene. So if we do find something like that, that has to be in the back of our head when we're actively mm-hmm. trying to either, if we find a body, if it's recoverable or non-recoverable, you know, we need to take that into consideration. If you see something weird now, the ordinary make a mental note of it. Try to remember. It yeah, later. exactly. Because mm-hmm. there's a reason why firefighters have the nickname uh, "Evidence Destruction Team," right? Because we well, spray water on everything and destroy everything. Because I guess so. either you put it out and you destroy it with water, or you don't put it out and it destroys with fire. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, either, either way, damage, you do damage. You know? Yeah. What's going to be tough if you come across a body? Your first reaction is get the body out. Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of leaving it where it is. Yeah. 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 That's probably a big one right there. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because at that point you don't know, right? You're yeah. just going in. Can do a job. At that yeah. point, it's a recovery, regardless. So, yeah, crazy. Well, um, I guess we'll look at that next week, maybe see where that comes up. Yeah, feel for any of the uh, the firefighters involved in case they actually did. I don't know if they actually did, did find them in the structure or not, but if they did, it's that's always hard to deal with. So, if they are having a problem dealing with it, hopefully they reach out to uh, their peers. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, we are going to discuss a few things this evening, and I think we're going to start with uh, some community outreach stuff. We'll talk a little bit about that. So, the um, obviously with everything that's been kind of shut down recently, um, obviously just due to COVID, uh, things have to change. And in order for some of the bigger events to occur, uh, we, as a group of Many people have been asked to lend a hand for the July 1st stuff. Is that great? Yeah, July 1st is uh, our big, it's like July 4th kind of thing in, in this stage, right? So July 1st, uh, typically around here, it's pretty, actually where Todd's from, it's probably big the, party. Biggest, the yeah. biggest party. Big party, in, big fireworks show, you bet. Um, that this year, we're limited to 50 people, groups of 50 in, in this <laughs> province, so... Um, that's a whole other, so that's been canceled. Anything we had was canceled, anything up the valley, anything pretty much in the province has been canceled. We usually get an additional 25,000 people in town for that fireworks show. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of the biggest in yeah. Canada. <clears throat> but not happening this year. So the community center, local community center knows about our drive through breakfast, which we've talked about before. So they had an idea. They're like, well, why don't we ask these guys? Because they were, somehow were the experts not only in firefighting, or also the experts on how to do a drive-through. Drive-through breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so they contacted us, and uh, we had a meeting with them last week. And, yeah, it sounds like we're going to organize some, some traffic flow and figure out how to make 
an event out of basically <laughs> something that's not an event. <laughs> so we're going to try to make an event. Uh, we're going to maybe do a, like a, a reverse parade where cars can, um, yeah, cars can kind of dress up. <laughs> or, or, not cars dress up. People dress their car up. And you know they're, they're going to have a band that's playing while the vehicles are driving through, and we're going to be cooking, and it should be fun. Um, won't be as good as. The other way around, like a regular parade and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, kind of make the best of it. Yep. But don't they usually? Isn't Canada Day? Yeah, there's usually um, a free breakfast. Yeah, they, they do like a on. free pancake breakfast yeah. just yeah. in the hall itself. Just in the community hall. Come and go. But this year's different, so we got to come up with new plans. And, which I always like. I always like when there's when things are going wrong. I think it's what we all kind of like. When things are going wrong, we like to try to fix it. So mm-hmm. you know, it just. The status quo is never fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun when stuff's kind of going south. <laughs> well, that's what we do as, as firefighters and volunteer firefighters, right, is we're a huge part of the community and we put on things for our community. So absolutely, yeah. that's, what, that's what we're here for. Yeah. yeah. And it, <clears throat> again, it's that we're the catch-all, right? It's that, oh, how do we get a whole group of people together? To do this? Plus, we do these big events, right? Like mm-hmm. we do them at the community hall, obviously, when we have seminar and things like that. <clears throat> We have other big events. We have our drive-through breakfast again every year. So those sorts of things we're very known for in town. So to pull us in to try and help with that is is really nice of them to ask us for sure. Yeah. But uh, like you said, it's nice to be able to try and solve problems. So we're basically opening up our own event planning business now. We did. Yeah. Hey, we should use that fencing. Uh, we'll have to some of that. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, guide them through, I guess. Eh? So yeah. they don't go bailing off into the... Into the green. <laughs> just start, just start driving just off. Randomly drive off into the bushes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you never know. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what else on that? I don't know. Yeah. Where are we going to do basically the sandwiches like we do? Yeah, we're going to make sandwiches and it's kind of hard to eat a pancake while you're driving, so it's probably easier to eat a breakfast sandwich. <laughs> Just well, your just NBA call volume went up. <laughs> Sticky fingers everywhere. Like a pancake Oh, oh. Hang on, hang on. No, you don't. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> bits and there. Get a little, a little bit of syrup. Yeah. Uh-huh. Some syrup drizzled. Ah. Uh. This could be a win. Yeah. I think that the bigger part, uh, part of this as well is again, it's this comes back again to um, even your recruitment and things like that. Making sure that you're out in the community doing things, showing that you're there, showing that you're helping available and uh, showing that you're a team. And then again, when it comes around to those recruiting times, you've you've got that presence. People have seen you in the community. They know the kind of things that you do, the people that you are. They've met you. They see you. Um, and it helps build that bonding connection between you and your community to really show that you're there for them. So when you do need them, they'll come for you as well, which yep. is nice. The important thing, too, is have fun when you're doing it. Yeah. Like, when you guys are out there and you're having fun, you're laughing, everybody sees that you guys are brothers and... You're a good cohesive team and having fun enjoying what you do and it helps it helps with your recruitment it helps with your community how morale. they view you yeah i was gonna mm-hmm. say exactly that it helps, yeah, helps with in-house morale right yeah. in-house team building yeah like right now everything's still crazy like we're getting back after it we we have been for a while but i mean things are still not normal yeah Right, there's the quote new normal that we're all getting used to, which is bullshit. But uh, <laughs> this is uh, ah, I hate that saying new yeah, normal, I do. right? Like, like it either. just grinds me. Um, but uh, night, the grand's ashes gears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have that kind of time. Um, it's just something that we can do as a as a team that kind of boosts that in house morale as well. Yeah. When you're not having big events, you're like structure fire big events um you need something to boost you back up idle hands suck so something like that pretty yeah. cool there you go idle hands suck <laughs> no, no. 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 <laughs> yeah so um again you know try and Try and get either in your community again when it comes around to these retention and, uh, sorry, recruitment things and things like that. It's, again, these are the important things that help um, bring that up 
Bring those standards up. <laughs> the slow ones in there. Yeah. <laughs> Should I play some music? <laughs> you should. <laughs> let's TikTok this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's move on. So we also were going to have a quick discussion about... Um, what was the second thing? Oh, I tell you, I'm not good at telling Training. Training. Yep. That's right. Training. Make notes. What are your notes? Uh, no, I, I haven't got my notebook. Oh, you know who doesn't have his notebook? Todd. Todd. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'm reaching out of my comfort zone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about training. So this week in training a little bit, we have, and again, we always segment our training up a lot of the times into three different sets of scenarios. Um, with uh, our training teams running those as well and then creating different skills through the week. So that alternating three three training sessions a week. On that, actually. Mm-hmm. So we started to post uh, a quick video. I hate talking, but I, I put mine up the other day and uh, we actually got a couple of people poking back at what they've been getting up to. So I love to see that. Um, we're going to try to keep doing this as often as we can. So you'll see uh, the other. I mean, I don't know. We'll see if Scott does his. Scott. Next week. <laughs> Scott. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you already did it. Maybe you oh, did. Yeah? Maybe. Maybe. I didn't, but. Now <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to carry her to do hers. She uh, is uh, doing one. She said that she would. Grab, are, are you on that with her or did you just take it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe you guys can team up before you guys start. Oh, no, I wasn't like, no, you were just like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went as a trainee, yeah, but as a member of this, and, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's make, it, yeah, make yeah. that happen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. Thank you. Um, yeah, so if we keep that up, we hopefully you see more engagement on that because. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I think sharing what we do in those small little bite-sized clips for people just to mm. see what's going on. I know uh, recently Comox, Comox Fire Department, cool. they are just lighting everything up with video uh, pictures like daily, at least five yeah. to six posts of all the stuff that they're getting up to and doing, getting back at training. Yeah, they are like... I know the are. chief is a little uh, friendly rivalry. He wants to outdo them in, <laughs> oh, yeah? in, the, in the social media. Really? Yeah. I don't blame them. I think we should too. <laughs> <laughs> they are getting after it daily. Yeah, yeah, and they're doing some really, really cool good. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, pretty impressive. Um, so this week in training, I don't know who wants to take it from this one for this session. The one we just did? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so it was... Uh, are you going to do ropes? You want to do ropes? I could talk yeah. about ropes. I was, I was looking, talk about it all. I was trying to look at Comox here to see <laughs> what we were looking yeah, at. Yeah, I can't find them. Well, let's talk about training instead. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, we uh... <laughs> trained. Yeah. yeah, it was great. There were um, ropes. Carrie uh, ran through ropes. Um, our <laughs> usual. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm done. <laughs> Isn't it love rope soap on a rope? Mm. All right, like, no, that's that's where Scott works. Rope skip, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. This is why we can't have six months. <laughs> so uh, we did our our annual, I guess, pretty much annual ropes embankment. Oh, we try it. I mean, hopefully, I think we try to do it three times a year. Yeah. But we just haven't done it recently because we haven't done anything recently. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Fair yeah. So we go up to a nice little little spot in town or just on the outskirts of town. There's a good uh, good embankment there, not uh, not too steep right. for mainly the stuff we do. We don't do any high angle stuff, so it's just nice gentle embankment, and we uh, put together all of our our gear, and we were testing out some new gear as well. Hmm. So What's that, that thing called? The Petzl? I Petzl. was it's, trying to think of it. It's, it's similar something. to that MPD, but so it's... Have, yeah, so right now we use an MPD. Made by Petzl. Well, the MPD's not made by Petzl. MPD is by whoever it is, but yeah. Um, yeah, the Petzl branded rope descending device. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best Break device. Uh, magical pulley device. It's we, MPD's we managed, yeah. <laughs> we managed to borrow from another right. department to test for ourselves mm-hmm. uh, and it seems a consensus in is it the maestro group. yeah i thought it was the maestro is it that yeah it could be yeah it seems it's a consensus a in your too. group was that uh 
it was easy to work with. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good. And I guess we were, I guess going into that training session, we were faced with the option because we had the MPD, we can either oh, so uh, purchase another MPD for our secondary rope system, our belay system. And, uh, but they jumped in price recently, so they're quite expensive versus this uh, Petzl Maestro that was like half the price of it or something. Yeah, so the the MPD to look at getting another one were probably about fourteen thirteen hundred dollars to get another uh, MPD, which is like ten and bucks American. For the Maestro, it was about half the price, mm-hmm. and so our chief gave us approval to go ahead and buy two to have on our rescue truck and in hopes of selling off our MPD, yeah. recouping some costs there. And yeah. Yeah. We use a twin system uh, with the MPD mm-hmm. and it uh, works awesome because we have the single line with the MPD for our steep slope um, or sorry for the um, low slope. And then uh, we can pair it uh, identical for the steep slope. Right. It's a, such a simple, fast switch. So I think like it's, it's that's what we're going with with our yeah. our pencils as well. But so yeah, that uh, assessing those devices, it seemed to work out, or that device worked out well. It he, was pretty easy to use. Because you were saying as well, like at one point, uh, Matt there was telling you to kind of dig your cave, like one, two, three, dig your feet in, and just yeah. kind of real, be a real jerk about yeah. people <laughs> trying once, to pull you up. Once we uh, so with the training session, we set everything up. That was kind of it. We walked slowly, mm-hmm. walked through setting up our system as if we were doing a rescue and then of course we sent some people over so we tossed one of the guys down the bank and then the three of us got in our gear went down uh, loaded loaded the patient air quotes up and then came back up with a, like a three-man haul team in a three to one pulley haul and uh, so when we went down we were like halfway up the bank and Matt Matt was our edge person. He's like, hey, so in about like 10 feet, make it really difficult. We're like, okay. So 10 feet came out. I was like, okay, make it really difficult. And we just like sat back, dug our feet in, and that rope like, yeah. just stopped. It came to the blue blood vessel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had to go to like a five to one. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we're out. like sitting there, and then they're like, okay, wait a sec. Reset, reset. And they're like, reset. And then they're like, pull. And you just see the rope kind of go, eh. <laughs> and that was it. And we're like, and Matt's like, yeah, keep it up. Eh. <laughs> like, okay, we're not going anywhere. Right. So he's like, okay, one sec. And then he goes up and got him set up on the 5 to 1 and show them how to get that all going. And then it went much better at that point. Right. Yeah, it was a good, good demonstration of... It's good that we're going to try to at least see if we can do that double system like Todd's talking because if you have a blowout or if something crazy happens and it's... You don't have to try to train three different ways. You just go the one way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So well, this, that works out. This device, like the, the Maestro, seemed a lot simpler than the MPD. Right. Like the MPD is not complicated. Yeah, really, but yeah it's not nothing. I don't think either one of them are that compared to like no. what the other. But the do. MPD, you actually like, you have to look at it and really like, okay, the rope goes around this corner and yeah. over here and this and that. And then, oh, you got to pull this knob and twist it and... Yeah. The maestro, you slide it open, rope just goes in. Like it's just a. Yeah, it looks pretty simple. Just over like a pulley, basically. A, right. As much of friction devices. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's way simpler. And if we had two, it would be perfect. Nice. Yeah. Our whole system is, is pre rigged in the bag. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's really only our anchor. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, we. Like, yeah, we only get three times a year to train this because we, we have so much other stuff to train. Mm-hmm. And for guys to do it in emergency, if it makes it too complicated, that's... Like, I know uh, when we when we first went to the MPD, guys were worried. Like, Matt's from one of them. Matt's a really, you know, strong rope guy. Like, that's his life, his ropes, knots and ropes. And he was concerned. He's like, well, we're getting away from, like, the... Like, being rope people. Like, we're getting away from that. It's like, well... <laughs> but at the same time, we can only train this three times a year. So we need to have it simple, like super simple. Like we don't not use technology because it's getting away from the old days. Otherwise, we'd still be using buckets. Buckets. <laughs> and 
pumps on horses and stuff like that. So <laughs> I want to, I kind of want to pump on a horse thing. Yeah, I mean, it's important to know. It's still important to know how to do a, a Z rig and, and how to do a, a Z rig and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on these things because it's like, sh- should we keep up with these these hard practical skills or should we? What is it? Do Pat Mack call it basic dude stuff? <laughs> basic dude stuff is I think it's three to one Z rig. <laughs> but at the same time. We're not there to make, uh, we're not there to show our skills. We're there to <laughs> rescue people. So, uh. yeah, it's a fine line. I think you, you kind of need a mix of a yeah. mix of it all. But again, it comes down to not just the time that we have to do these things, but it also comes down to three AM practicality. Like, yes. if I now mm. need to remember a hundred different things and five different ways of doing something at three AM, and now I've got to try and get you to do the same thing as me. Mm. And we're going to have to now figure out which one of the five, which one do you remember? Like, yeah. we don't train this enough to remember. Just right. make it simple. Like, it doesn't need to be super complex anyway. You know, once we've got these systems set up and we're doing it specifically in a, in a certain manner, we train that, we learn that, we do that. It doesn't need to be multiple different ways. But we should keep in mind, like, having that practical, how to do this without that device. Yeah. Because you never know what happens. Yeah. One call we're out on a MVA and... Some crackhead comes and steals our gear and we don't notice it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> or the rookie comes and yeah. puts it back on the truck and he puts it in a goofy spot yeah. and no one knows where it is. Yeah. We need to know how to get I mean, the job done without it. Yeah. The good thing about the three to one is we still use it on um, rope rescue. Well, I'm sorry, on water rescue. Yeah. We yeah. still use that to do attention diagonal. So that's that skill. And the three to one is pretty easy to make because it's pretty easy for us to make. But if we never trained it for five years, someone would go, how do you do this again? Um, I know it's important to still do, but at the same time, like you said, um, our whole goal in life is to rescue the patient. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't care. It doesn't really matter how we did it. Obviously, the more efficient, the better. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that, like Kev said, it's, that's why it's important to know the capabilities of, of the systems, you know, what the pulleys can do, what your anchors can do and different styles. So if there is a device fail or if that device is being used for one rescue and you need to suddenly do a secondary rescue somewhere, yeah. you know, we can make our own systems out of these mm-hmm. other tools. Yeah. So that's why back to the training and, and obviously we want to keep the simplified ones for our go-to, but if something happens, we still need to be understanding the system. It's like any, anything else we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so there was, that was one of the sessions which was ropes triangle rescues and then scott and rob yep you guys were on yep. one as well what were you guys running through we were doing forcible entry to hose movement so we actually did it in the burn building but we didn't burn anything so we talked beforehand we were like should we like cause sometimes when you burn stuff you're taking away from the skill you're trying to, trying to learn because people are focused on the fire they're focused on firefighting not focused on the skill we want them to focus on so the skill we wanted them to focus on was uh force entry and um Who's movement? So we we didn't light the burn milling. We we basically had it empty, dry, well, dry for a bit until we stir spray water. But um, we didn't even put the guys in packs. We just had them, you know, just helmets on and turnout gear, gloves and everything. But um, yeah, so we started using our forcible entry door, which we need to. It's, sorry, I shouldn't say we need to fix it. It's being modified. It's being super fixed. Yeah, <laughs> um, did a great job. It does a really good job in fortifying it. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's so fortified that we can't actually breach it anymore. <laughs> 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 Which is, uh, um, you know, and we understand why. And there's a few, like just basically the um, the jam and stuff. It's a little bit narrow. So when we go to do the door crush, the gap, it uh, we it's hard for us to, to gap it. It just slides off. Yeah. So we're going to modify that a bit. Um, hopefully by... By next practice night. If not, we, we there's a few things we can do that we can uh, uh, we can not put the wood block in. So just the skill sets there. Um, you can actually use um, bungee cord just to make so the the door has some um, pressure against it. It's one thing I've seen uh, they go do in New York. If they don't want to keep bre- breaching like wood, and they just want the rookies to get the skill in. You actually use bungee cords, so then it gives you resistance on that door. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so I might try that. So basically, yeah, we did the we did the skill of force entry. So um, what I did with on our rebreakable door now, I, I kind of shitty stencil, but I, I stenciled on the um, the six um, points of force entry. Anyone can anyone name them? Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> what did you paint on that door, Scott? <laughs> so first thing we do, like we do for every door, we check the door for heat. So we check it, and that's with any fire, with any door we're going to go into, we check the door for heat. Then we try the door to see if it's open. 
or locked. Um, and then as the, the, our chief said, always jokingly says, if it's unlocked, you open the door, lock it from the inside and close it, and then now the door's locked, so now you get to breach. <laughs> <laughs> so then from there, after, we, after, we've, um, after we've checked it, we've tried it, now we, what's, we, we shock it. So we shock it by basically three good solid hits on the, um, on the knob side to see if we can um, dislodge any of the locks that are holding it or just soften the door up. I think the, I think the three times, the couple times we've breached recently in the last couple of years, the shock almost finished the door off. Mm -hmm. I know JP mm -hmm. almost went right through the door that one time with the shock. So the shock is a very good thing. It's basically making a battering ram out of the uh, Halligan. Like so, I did on the natural gas one. Yeah. Well, like I did in that lady's door when yeah. <laughs> I got the go, I got the go from the police. Boom! <laughs> the door flies open. Guess we're in. <laughs> so just the shock alone, yeah, that usually that usually finishes a, a simple wood door off. But um, after that, then we set it. So we we set it like you would normally set, like it says in the fire manual. And the three co three calls are. Whack, giver. Whoa! Whoa, buddy! No. You do bud. No. Go ahead. Hit, drive, stop. Yeah, so hit is every time you say hit, that's when the, the person running the, the, the sledgehammer or the uh, or the flathead axe, um, that's when they hit. So every, every hit, 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 hit. And then if once it's kind of seated in there, then we say drive, and the guy keeps driving until we say stop. And then that's that's now it's set into the into the jam, and then what we do uh, we gap it so we don't um, we don't force it typically like it says um, like a lot of people think you you force I don't even know how to describe that you f you don't like pry it open you actually roll it up and crush it with the yeah. ads. and that usually crushes that and there is enough because it's about what, an inch and a half and that's enough to usually crush the lock to open the lock up if it's an in swing door. Um, so then, uh, so that's the gapping part of the door. So that's the next step. Once we gap it, if that did the trick, then we carry on. If not, then we um, have to probably use the um, the forks and finish it off. And then we clear the door by um, checking for, or sorry, making sure there's no fire, um, and then sound on the floor before we place a tool. This sounds like a future video. We I think we did a video. Yeah, we have. We yeah. did a pretty we good length video. video. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, JP and Ash were on the tools, and Scott was yeah. talking through yeah. it. We were teaching another department. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, and actually, right after, or that was right after, right before JP breached the door. Uh, it was right after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after that, though, then you know that could have been a whole night of practice, but um, we had just done force entry a few weeks ago for most that's of the right. group. So uh, Rob and I were talking. We wanted to make it a little bit more of a practice so what we did after that then actually the real work began once they breach then we got them to move the hoses in and we do what the hose hose kill house that we, we talked about before and we just push in and the instructor that goes with the guys is we we say yeah fire up to your left the guys spray water okay good and they move and then we're like okay uh another door's closed check the door for heat they go through the whole process oh as soon as they open the door fire the doors they they're on the fog they spray they spray water um you know, heat levels low, and they have to get down, do the slide. Um, we might meet them go upstairs, mm -hmm. and we need them to do a hydraulic ventilation. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of communication. This is, so the night was all about kind of communication and hose movement. Um, we got them to do the bump up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so when we whenever they hit a pinch point, we got them to call for backup for a bump up down outside, brought in more people. Um, we had the door control person. I was quizzing them outside, how many people are inside, how far are they in. And the new the new guys are right on that. They yeah. knew exactly how many guys were in. Yeah, we did that for the we did that over and over and over again. And I don't think there was any real no nope. hiccups other than our door. <laughs> our door some modifications yeah. to it. No, I think our biggest thing was to work on communication, talking to each other, but also calling for that bump up. Yeah, you know, pushing in. Um, yeah, I found a lot of guys were hesitant to call bump up. They almost be like, "I can handle this. I can do it." It's like, yeah, we're like, "No, you don't have to." Just as soon as you feel it's getting tough to pull a hose, call for an extra guy, if there's an extra guy available. Yeah. I think the big thing, too, is to get guys to visualize a fire and yeah. heat level, too, to be able to get down. Because we get used to, okay, when there's real fire, then yeah. we, we don't think about what we have to do. We get down when we, we do all right. of that stuff. But when it's not actually there, you don't feel that heat. Yeah. It's kind of harder to do those types of things. So you have to remind the guys. Right. Uh, but yeah, the communication that uh, going down the hallway and up the stairs where we're hitting that 
hitting from the landing just up above our heads where there might be some fire and then the hydraulic venting right. out the top of the stairs um, went really well. Right. Um, I think, too, a lot of guys got carried away with the pushing out after the going up the stairs because a couple of guys were running down the stairs and dragging yeah, like, the guy at the end of the knot. Yeah, they're doing the water ski out the door and we're like, slow down, there's a rush, fire's out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's also good to show them like how much water we should be put in there because you know a lot of guys have taken live fire one and there's a lot of penciling in that. But in a real fire, when there's a good vent, a pencil is not going to put the fire out. A pencil is going to just like barely touch that thermal layer, give you just enough time to maybe make a make a grab or you know move to a different position or you know what have you. But to put a fire out, you need you need water, you need lots of it. So um, we were getting them to do the you know wall ceiling wall, kind of like the horseshoe attack. Lots of water. Show them how much water they should be putting in there because. One thing when the fire's burning, you can't really see because a lot of it's evaporating and it's steam, so you can't really see how much water is actually flowing. So when you're when there's no fire and you're just flowing, you actually can see how much that hose puts out when you're inside a confined space. Like a building, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the uh the bump up is always something that you know, it, it's something we always try to touch him back on. But it's mm-hmm. a super important skill. And again, it's just it's not necessarily that well, I can do this, I'm strong enough to do it. It's like, yeah, but if we've got enough guys, yeah. And we can get them to do it. Then, if we work mm-hmm. smart and we save our energy, just pulling that extra guy in on those pinch points helps dramatically. Not yeah. only that, if shit goes wrong, you've now got a couple of extra hands that you can come to that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? The, yeah, exactly. And you've got more more gas in the tank for yourself mm-hmm. and for the other people that are on that line to be able to do stuff about it. So, yeah, and it's all about setting up for success, right? Like you said, like those pinch points. Know how you're advancing your hose up there. You know how you're flaking out it out in the stairwells. You know up against the wall in a ways, yep. so you're not fumbling on it, and you're creating that that extra hose on that landing. So you're not just gonna suddenly start advancing and slam into that pinch point. And those guys knowing their roles, to not be you know right up nuts to butts to be yep. back moving that hose. Right, that's your job. Is you're on that bite on that corner feeding it and then advancing in. That's where that bump up works so well because mm-hmm. you can start doing that. Okay, now I need to move forward. Then that third guy or fourth guy, okay. if you're calling in a fourth, can just flow so nicely. Yeah. I like to try it in like a big warehouse with lots of angles, mm-hmm. like six guys. <laughs> See how fast we can get a hose from one end to another. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested. Yeah. Not, I mean, not for practicality's sake, but just to see mm-hmm. how quickly we can advance a hose line to a seed of a fire. Because once you do that, you put the fire out and you can... Some people would say, well, you shouldn't put that many guys in a building, but if you get in there fast, knock it down, and get back out. Uh, yeah. I think, too, with that being the backup, if you know that that guy's going through that door around that corner, immediately you know you're going to be calling that bump up because you're losing sight of mm-hmm. that guy ahead of you, that guy behind you is going to lose sight of you, so that you've always got some sort of line of sight if you can, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so that you're always visually in contact and vocally in contact with everybody as yeah. well. Well, that's the other big portion of it too, right? We're always trying to relay the message from the guy on the end of the nozzle all the way back to the door and to the people that are on the outside. So yeah. then everyone knows that situation up and down the line, which is why that bump up. And every communication is always repeated. One guy shouts it, the guy behind shouts it back and then shouts it again to the guy behind him. Repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. By the time everyone gets back, everyone knows what's going on. It's like a bump up and a callback. We're bumping guys up and we're calling back to what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why it's so important that with that communication, so it's always relayed back to that team leader or officer for the next team for purposes of IC, right? For that accountability. So Absolutely. Wicked. Yeah. Any more on that, boys? I was just going to say, I think the other thing with that practice, too, is to remind our guys, too, that when you're the door guy, when you're the doorman, that is where you're stuck because in the past, it, it, manpower permitted yeah. used to be that that doorman, he was the next guy that would go in because yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going in, I'm the next guy. But no, yeah. it should be that door guy staying at the door, keeping track of how much hose and manpower went in. That way, if something yeah. does happen, you can say, okay, I know they went this far in and there was three guys or there was four guys. 100%. That's a, that's a yeah. super important job because, like you said, how many lengths of hose, how far yeah. in they are, right? Mm-hmm. How high up they are, or and below. If and if you feel yeah, what kind of flow yeah. they're running. As soon as yeah. you see that flow moving, you you know if, they, if they're um, 
actively mm-hmm. fighting or, hey, they haven't sprayed any water for a while, but there's a whole bunch of yelling on the radio, something's going on, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure, too, if we communicated with the guys, too, when they went upstairs that they didn't communicate that they were going up. Yeah. And that would be important, too, to communicate that you're actually Somewhere going right. up. Mm-hmm. That way that communication is relayed back outside that they're moving up. Especially that way if somebody goes yeah. down. Yeah. One of the things we didn't give them, we didn't give them radios because we're like, it's all about communication with your mouth to each other. Yeah. So we didn't, you know, we didn't want them using the radios. And really, like, I have my radios die. Really, I have my radio on me and I'm always kind of like, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> yeah, such a pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, well, it's yeah. good practice though, like I said, like getting the basic skills down that you're teaching that. Yeah. And then you can layer in the, the comms afterwards yeah. to IC, yeah. say, hey, we're now on the second floor, third floor, whatever, you know, that, so he can paint that picture on his board and... and I mean, the other yeah. thing also, we didn't have the officer going with them because most of the officers were again tied up doing teaching, but we would, normally we would have the officer now with that team working and they're just kind of autonomous, like they're autonomous and they, they're, they have the radio and they have the acts with them and they, you know. It's like a whole zone in there. Yeah, it's like oh, a zone. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I thought we weren't going there. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> It's important. Like communication is important. And we talk about obviously radios as well. Like radio, everyone knows that radios end up going, they end up failing. A lot of the time, communication breaks down and everything's so loud. A lot of the times it's very difficult to hear what's going on inside or outside, and especially if you're fighting. It's very, very tough to have that kind of I think, conversation. I think a lot of our guys forget too, or a lot of, a lot of guys, not just our guys will forget. Even in practice, going into a smoke filled building, fire department, fire yeah. department, you have calling out. Yeah. You don't know who's where or what, so, right? Yeah. Just getting that ingrained in your mind to keep doing that when you yeah. go in. Those Flip side, too. Sometimes newer people on the radios, they end up giving out too much information. Hmm. They start calling every slight little yeah. change <clears throat> or how far they're in. It's like, okay, stop. Stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we need to keep the communications simple and as quiet as possible in those initial moments of the scene. Yeah. Right? That's the mm-hmm. most important for those instant commanders and, and officers to start painting that picture of what's going on. And, you know, just do those call-outs when you're on the second floor or when you're at the seat of the fire or what you found, not all these other little details, which a lot of people steps, end up doing. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. Yeah, another another good uh, another good set. I'm looking forward to that one, actually. I'm going to that next week. Well, all right, here, let's talk about ashes. Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we did uh, VIS so event enter isolate search Uh, the eyes implied it's implied it is implied yeah yeah super implied Um, so we uh, we did have some we were mentioning that when it first came out like it was like last year there was some firefighter post that said, well, mm-hmm. why do we have to add the I? Because it was always V-E-S. That's yeah. right. And, and, then, and then the I was added. And they're like, well, why right. do we have to add the I? It's implied. Well, no. The I is actually the most important the thing. The most important thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think the enter is implied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 it's part of the search is implied. Because you're searching for a person. Yeah. So the I is the most important That's thing. That's true. You have venting. I mean, if you're not going to open a door, a window, or make a hole, you're not going to go inside. If you don't go in... And then you're not, not going to find search. Right? So really, if you're not a firefighter, I guess maybe they're not implied. But for so us, the they're all implied. Yeah, the eye is the only thing that people the forget. Because yeah, people forget the, the really eye because they're like, thing. okay, I'm here to, I'm here to, I mean, I've gotten in here. I'm going to start searching because now, oh, I, or I just tripped over, a, you know, I, I get in here and there's a person right at my feet. Mm-hmm. Well, the eye's forgotten, but it shouldn't be because yeah. the eye's, now the eye's really yeah. important. And we really hit on that, so... Um, we went through, so we had, uh, three weeks ago now, mm-hmm. we had our dual scenarios that we ran and both of them ran a VIS. Um, and they went well. I think what we noticed from, from the outside looking in was, uh, the delay of, of, of getting them initiated. Um, and, and that's one thing that we were, we're trying to hit on in this training. So that's good for the firefighters and good for the command that's going through this, like us and everybody. Um, being able to, to get on scene, get that 360 early and identify these possible searches. So again, more times than not, it's going to be a bedroom. Um, that's, you know, your, your nighttime, there's vehicles in the driveway. Uh, you're going to be trying to identify those those kind of high probability areas. However, 
not always. You might be utilizing that room, whatever it might be, as your next safe zone. So you enter in, and now that's your initial attack point. So you can get your team inside, and you can advance from there. But we, we did go live fire. I wasn't sure how many people we were going to have in our, our group, because right now things are still shifting back into uh, the new normal. Um, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we ended up having a lot of people. It was uh, it was very well attended, yep. uh, which was really good. Um, so I, I didn't want to just make it um, basic. Like for all of our members, we've we've been through this a couple of times now. We've been through this a lot of times. So to add another layer to it, so we did smoke out the one room, and then we put a small fire. So there was there was three people on the outside with no real job to do. So we said, hey, this is your first. Like we want to get on scene. We're gonna make this a our priority. We're gonna do the full vent, breaking glass, rake it, clean it, enter. Before we enter, we're sounding that floor. Doesn't matter if it's you know, entry level. If it's uh, second floor, you're sounding the floor. You don't know what's uh, what's underneath it. You're gonna make a beeline for the door with the assistant of your uh, uh, person on the outside with a uh, thermal camera, which is really really important. That's kind of your lifeline because we're not taking a hose with us, right? We're we're entering and we're blind. So the person on the outside with the thermal camera, that's gonna be your lifeline. So uh, once you're in. Now it's that isolate. You have to get that door shut. And what what we did for one of our rotations was put a put the patient directly at uh, in the in the pathway to the door. So people got in the room and they hit the patient. And we talked about the the importance of sure you can start to rescue that person, but while that's happening, you can lose the safety of that door. So that that your standard like one ply toilet paper door <laughs> like it's like the cheap cheap home depot door it's going to give you a couple minutes of of uh burn time right right it's not one of those runner doors <laughs> oh that's a good door that's a good door those guys are running. um it's going to buy you a couple of minutes of burn burn uh burn time so Get that door shut, come back to the patient. Uh, a couple of things that uh, we realized was A, comms, super questionable, like <laughs> it always is. We have to work on uh, talking more. Uh, it was a very small space, and I think, I think Grant spoke up once and said, if I'm standing next to you and I can't hear you, the guy on the inside really can't. So we want to be able to hear it. Shout it clearly but shout it what's happening there's a door across the room go straight especially okay? the guy at the window needs to be the guy at the window yeah. needs to be very very loud and concise about what they're saying uh so that was a little shady for a minute we spoke about it it was great uh and then um the secondary search so we get so used to seeing the cycle go through and we know there's only one one uh patient so once that patient is saved all right yep get that patient out hop out move on. Nope, your job's not done. Maybe there's another patient. Um, you have to, I hear you, you have to confirm the room, make, make, make sure it's clear. And when you're shutting the door, before you isolate, do, do a quick sweep. So make sure that the uh, space on the outside of the door, um, there's not somebody collapsed two, two feet from it. The, the bad side is, if they're three or four feet, if you have to leave that, that room, you still have to go back, isolate, get a team in there, and then now you can make that push. You can't leave that room and start entering deeper into the structure without a hose line and a team. So Which we've done before. We've put, yep. we baited them by putting a little bit too person, far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, and then uh, we'll just make the grab. Slam yeah. the door behind them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a hard decision to make. Yeah. That's why it's super yeah. important to train that way and discuss why. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Well, the isolation of the room is, again, you know, we, we joked about it being implied, but it is literally the key to the whole thing. As soon mm -hmm. as you open that window and there's a fire inside that building, it's going to start trying to move towards you because you've now given it, you're trying to give it oxygen. It needs that. It wants it. Yeah. So it's going to start heading towards you. As soon as you close that door, you've now created that anchor point for yourself. Mm -hmm. You've then shut that kind of that flow path mm -hmm. off that's gone. Um, and now you've got that safe zone for you guys either to come in to do your initial search however you're going to attack right. it make sure that room's clear and safe and secure get your team into that location and then start using that again as that safety yeah. zone to start working your way out we always say as well with the when you're going to do that 
that search of just outside the door, mm-hmm. hook your foot oh, yeah. on the door frame. Keep yourself anchored. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. then you know where it is. You know where you came from. You've got that anchor yeah. point there with your foot. When it's smoky and it's, you know, if you've mm-hmm. been inside one of the burning buildings and it's just black and you can't see anything, even mm-hmm. when you're dying, dying low, it can be really difficult to see stuff. So you hook your foot on that door frame, really reach out, pat down all around as far as you can reach, and then back yourself in, close that door behind you, and then go back to the window, yeah. talk to the guy, hey, now I'm going to start my search, left hand, left right hand, hand. Yeah. and make sure that I'm clear in the space properly. And then you know the room's secure. Mm-hmm. You've done your job. You, you now have one safe space. The other caveat, too, is once you finish that vent <clears throat> uh, hunter isolate search, now you can communicate back to either your RIT team or your IC that, hey, that room is now clear and that is now a good secondary means of egress mm-hmm. uh, for that attack team or for a RIT team, right? Because you've got your window cleared, you may have a ladder already up to it, so yeah. now you're already set up for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We, uh, we also touched on the bump up, uh, less for a hose line on a push, but there's gonna be so much, if there is Person's a right. patient in there, there's gonna be so much happening around that that window and your general three person team is now going to be uh being pulled away from the window uh someone's going to be bringing the patient out so now you've potentially lost if it's on a second story you've you've lost your uh, thermal camera person that's going to be up up there with your uh, person that's in there doing the search so while that's happening obviously that firefighter is going to be stuck right at the window they're not going to be leaving they're not going to be doing any sort of random quick searches they have to stay there because they don't have that that uh, lifeline but when these people go away if there's firefighters at the ready you can get them to bump up and just get back in there to come and make like make the handoff um or just be be ready to go back into the fight with them um so that that was good as well and then the other thing is once they made the handoff and that room was secure and clear when they came out now there's the attack team about ready to go in uh they then ready themselves to get back in the fight in case they had to bump bump back up for the hose movement as well so just trying trying to keep everybody thinking big picture in what's important get that out of the way early have an attack team ready if this was a large scene there could be multiple things happening at once this was a, a smaller scene we had the reality of fire and heat so we wanted to work fast but uh at the same time it was still a training exercise so we split up the two into do this one first because this is important so that was kind of a let's ingrain that in search early and then worry about fire because when we pull up on scene we're like oh yeah babe we got this big fire and we're all running and gunning let's go put the fire out well what could be happening in there yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I thought it went pretty good. Uh, the first rotation of any three week ro- three week uh, rotation is always interesting. Um, you kind of iron out some things that uh, you can improve yeah. upon. Um, I think we had a pretty good group to do the ironing. We had one of our new recruits in there, and uh, luckily he has some very experience in the past, um, which made it a, a little bit. Uh, easier he understood the fundamentals of EIS he's just never done it so it was nice to to work with the group that we had yeah it was good it was a good training session yeah a lot of fun mm-hmm. and always, just, go ahead I was say, it's always important too when you're doing these as officers or as commanders thinking always keep in the back of your head that okay now you got your teams doing all these these skills that depletes your manpower fast yeah. so start doing that second alarm early. Like this is one thing we really have to realize in our department because we get low numbers a lot of times for the first call outs. So right away as incident commanders, we're, we're having to make that call. Oh shit, do I need to do a second alarm right now? Do I need to call for mutual aid right away? Like, because as you guys know, those numbers get depleted fast. Yeah. For those a few first few little rescues and attack teams, and what mm-hmm. if you actually did have somebody and you end up having to start doing some first aid or resuscitation on them, mm-hmm. boom, now you've lost three, four guys. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we always hit on that. Anytime that you're making entrance into a structure, you have to have that secondary unit yeah. on on scene shortly. So um, yeah, you got ten minutes, for, right? Yeah. So if you don't have, we kind of play with if we don't hear them coming, we're gonna start yeah. on a exterior. We can maybe work in the transitional. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we're generally pretty lucky that uh, by the time the first engine's on scene, we've got the next ones rolling. Yeah. If not gets there shortly, short, shortly following. Yeah. But that's something that before we enter, we have to be very, very mindful of. 
Oh, you got it in nice. Right. <laughs> yeah, the one the one time you were with me when we did the actual like an actual VIS in a real fire, mm-hmm. and that was. Uh, I mean, we to, just to break the window took us next. You know, the, you know, you're doing breaking windows and, and training, but to take the window out properly, like we trained, to truly it take took, it out. Yeah, it took me about a good, good thirty seconds. Minutes. It felt like it felt like it was a long time, but it's probably about thirty seconds. I was ripping the window, ripping the window, and I'm like, and then I remember thinking as I'm going, I'm, yeah, I'm actually doing this. Like, <laughs> there's, there's black smoke pouring out above me. I'm going into this building with no hose. Yep. Like, yeah, awesome. I'll reshare those pictures. Yeah, but it was. Um, you know, when I did that, it was I went to the door and I closed it. But and in training fires, the smoke kind of clears right away. The smoke didn't clear right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and then you know, of course your adrenaline's going and the heat is like it's a different level of heat. It's it was a weird thing. And then we went after I popped out of that first window, we went to go break. We broke the other one, which turned out to be not a bedroom. The next one we when you and I broke the next one, mm-hmm. and you, we were going to send you in. I think you were the next up because I was because you do one search, you're tired. Like when you're mm-hmm. doing a one real search. When you think there's people inside, your adrenaline spikes, you're doing all this stuff, and then you pop back out, and you're like, holy crap. Get Kevin, you're up. <laughs> and then I remember we broke that second window, and it was just like black, hot smoke. We're like, we're not going in there. <laughs> that, that was when I was like, nope. Yeah. We're just going to hope there's someone inside. And there wasn't. But. And I think around that time is when we also heard that there was confirmed no, right. no one in yeah. the building as well. Yeah, that's right. And then we found another entrance, and yeah, it was... Yeah. But, that's yeah. a very interesting call, though, right? Like, when we arrived on scene, kids toys, uh, there was kids' yeah. toys still scattered about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we heard Early that they morning. were in, uh, in the midst of moving out. But when, like, when you start to see, like, those kids' Tyco toys yeah. laying around the front, I mean, eh, that looks like you're probably still here. And when you were in there, like, there was shit in the room. It was a, yeah, it was a chair and a couple other little things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't know, I'm like grabbing stuff. No, nope, that's not a person, that's not a person, that's not a person. Yeah. And I'm holding the wall. And, I mean, you can see my hand on the wall when I went around. Mm-hmm. You can see that soot stain. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty intense. <laughs> Fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was to say, I remember uh, seeing some of the, the video or photos you guys took afterwards and the fire was all out. And you uh, took some photos of that room. Yeah. And you could see how well your search was. You're glued to the wall like you're scuff marks mm-hmm. all the way around the yeah. outside mm-hmm. of that room. Yeah. And you can see me <laughs> fit yeah. out of the door. And yeah, yeah, exactly. You can mm-hmm. see ex- everywhere you're touching. Yeah. Because yeah. I think actually I had to use the wall to find the door because the black wasn't there. Yeah. It wasn't just like beeline for the where I think the door was. It was like, because the way that room was orientated, it actually would have been, it would have been more logical for it to be right across from the window, but it was actually off to the off right. To the right. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of a weird setup. And I think that's why I end up, like I, I beeline where I thought the door would be <laughs> and then I hit the wall and like, what the hell? So then I followed the, <laughs> follow the door of the wall around until I found the door. I find after a, a real fire like that, for any sort of scenarios like that, uh, it's super important to bring in some of the newer people that haven't really seen that and show exactly what it looks like now Absolutely. after the fact, right? Like, yeah. this is why we train this way. You can see exactly where you are in that room. Yeah. You know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And no one, like, because I did look back at one point and I saw Kevin, well, there was two Kevins there. I think it was you. There was Kevin and your brother, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had the hose with him. Um, not for me necessarily, but he was standing there. But you were definitely my backup guy. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking back and I could just see like an old line of a person. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, okay, I'm still good. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a super important skill. It, it seems like it's new. It's been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. But... Um, it's a really, really important skill to have because again, you can go and you can secure those rooms nice and quick. You can grab anyone who needs to be grabbed fast and get them out of that space. You can secure more of the rooms, which is fantastic. Not only are you stopping that fire from spreading into them, mm-hmm. but you're also making sure that you're reserving and saving more of that structure. But if, yeah, the fire's going out faster. Absolutely. You close more yeah. rooms off. Yeah. yeah. So you've, you then, you know, you know that that room is safe and secure. You know, it's not getting past that door. It's got a good, good timer on that for stopping stuff. So, and I even found tonight. I was walking around. Like my wife and I were over a walk. I was looking, and then you do. You look at houses, and you can see, you can identify which ones are bedrooms. I think I don't know. I've never been in these people's houses, but I'm assuming. <laughs> you know, I, I know where a living room is because I can see their mid- couch. <laughs> There's your bedroom. Look at your bedroom. <laughs> out of here no but you know you can see that you see the big picture windows you know that's the living room usually and then you can see the the frosted glass it's gonna be a bathroom and then you're like okay that's probably a bedroom then and you know we have the 
you know, around here there's similar design houses. So I don't know if that's everywhere, but there's a lot of similar design houses around here. So we can be like, okay, that's probably where the bedrooms are because that's where they'd be in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that typical BC box kind of style yeah. of home yep. build. And it's like, oh, well, we know the layout of this. If, even if they've done a slight modifications, it's pretty much guaranteed going to be mm-hmm. almost, you know, around mm-hmm. about what we know. So Yeah, so that's what I'm always thinking. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's where we'd be, oh, yes, if we're going to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, solid, solid practice. Three lots of important skills. Uh, and again, what we do there is just break those three up and then we have our teams and those teams will rotate through all three of those and then maybe on the, the final one, we'll then create some sort of scenario for all of those skill sets to be practiced in. Or at least one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. at least one of them. Or, <laughs> or two, you know, with the VIS and probably the, the hose movements and stuff. Yeah, we'll see. I was running that one. So I, <laughs> I kind of know, but I don't really know. Yeah. Are you going to no be No hints are to be I'm given. Be yeah. 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 Be cool. yeah. Cool. Should be good. Yeah. Uh, There'll be a fun debrief for this afterwards. I, I think we'll, we'll have a lot of fun talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Any more for any more gents? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Um. Kev, RZ masks. Yeah, RZ. They're good masks. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, just copy and paste what I say just yeah. every time. Yeah. Maybe a little bit different, but uh, they probably have stock in. But again, with the coronavirus stuff going on, expect... Like, well, no, we haven't got the coronavirus been wearing RZ masks there for their work. Oh, there yes. you go. <laughs> <laughs> for their 100% yeah. effective for us. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I think... Carl is still following up with RZ to see if we can get our code reactivated. So we don't currently have a discount code, but uh, we do definitely highly recommend them and stay tuned and hopefully you can get a discount if you have a upcoming order you're, you're sitting on waiting for some sort of discount to come your way. Yeah, I'll confirm them this week actually because I know that we're looking to order a whole bunch more. So yeah, that's... Um... That's going to come in very much handy. So when you do actually get right into it, and if when they activate our code again, it will be DTFF, and it will save you 30%. Um, and I will do a Facebook post this week once I get confirmation back from our sales guy. Um, and if you are looking again to purchase, even if the code isn't active, give us a shout, because I have a contact, and he said he will still honor that directly if you contact him directly mm-hmm. too. So regardless of whether or not the code's active, if you're doing a big order, get all of us. I'll give you the information that you need. Tell them that you're you're a listener of the podcast, and you will get that thirty percent safe. Uh, Rob Motus. Hey, I get Motus again. <laughs> How about that? Uh, yeah, Motus. Uh, more specifically, the Snagger tool uh, seems to be one of the go-to tools for hose handling and hose coupling, wrenching, and uh, they got a fantastic product. They've got some wedges. They've got their hydrant wrench. Uh, They've got some soft door opening, uh, non-aggressive door opening tools. <laughs> I love that. Passive the non-aggressive. Non-aggressive. <laughs> passive aggressive door opening. Everybody's getting way too delicate on that. Yeah. Shiv knife. Shiv knife. Shiv knife. Shiv knife. Yeah. Shiv knife. Anyways, yeah, they've got some great, fantastic products that we've had a chance to purchase and or try out and demo for them um mm-hmm. check them out our uh, code with them dtff5 dtff5 save you five percent mm-hmm. whether that's you know you're engraving or whatever you know yep. yeah, fantastic pieces. and a canadian company so uh, mm-hmm. if you're into supporting canadian companies definitely support them yeah 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 uh todd legion engineered Legion Engineered, you betcha. Uh, check them out online. They've got uh, a whole variety of swag, uh, different apparel, shirts, uh, stickers, hoodies, uh, hats. Uh, portion of those prote- proceeds go for uh, PTSD awareness. And uh, Joel Struthers, the founder of that, uh, also has the book, Appel, the Canadian and the French Foreign Legion. And he's got his own podcast now. Mm-hmm. The System D podcast. System D, yeah. Yeah, it's on, all the, check it out still. it's on all the streaming platforms. It's awesome. He swears a shit ton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was uh, 
I was, I was listening to one of the, I think it was the second one or third, third one. He says his his dad actually reached out. He's like, really good podcast, son, but man, I swear a lot, eh? He's like, ah, oh, we're all fired up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, pretty good podcast. So check that out too. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ash, Ignition. Ignition USA. Um, Jason Allen. Uh, C-Rat, he's down in Seattle probably having a time He's right not Hall right 6, now. is he? He is not Hall 6. I think we're going to have to reach out to him after this is all yeah. over. Hang in there, boys and girls. Be, yeah. That's going to be the interview for sure Jeez. to see what they got through. Um, but he's down in Seattle. There's uh, some, some pretty serious stuff popping off there. Uh, oh, in his defense, he told us not to go downtown. We he did, yeah. He was straight. He did, he's like, yeah. he said, do not go downtown. Yeah. He's like, where are you guys where staying? Are you oh, we're down on Yesler. He's like, ugh. <laughs> Any chance you want to meet me up on the North Shore or whatever it was? Because <laughs> that place there. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, somebody got killed there. Like, you can copy that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Although. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, so he's got the uh, CRAT, the Seattle Rapid Access Tool. So it is a soft entry, um, has like six functions to it. We've, we've been playing with it a bit here. Uh, it's, you can check out a video on our YouTube, our Facebook, uh, on his uh, website and his Facebook. He's got a ton of videos of how easy it is to gain access. So check that out. Uh, DTFF 2020 for 20% off. Boom. Uh, let's go. Let's bleed. Yeah, let it go. Let it bleed. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop the bleed. It's important. Um, yeah. Um, tourniquets, wound backing, direct pressure, all the good stuff. If you need more, if you want to know more, you need more training. Well, first of all, you can look at our video that uh, yeah. we put out, an hour and forty minutes. But I've heard actually a lot of people that I've sent it to some law enforcement guys and stuff like that they actually really appreciate it because they teach it but they also sometimes they're like i forget certain things and i you know it's, mm-hmm. it's good because of the powerpoint that they provide you know well it's detailed but it doesn't really touch on every point that we like to make so yeah. um and it's really designed for like you say it's it's a civilian design course but it can you can modify it to however you want so you can check us out that out on our YouTube page, also our Facebook page, um, and then we've also and we got it broken down into yeah yeah. So it's broken down into some uh, sort of bite-sized sessions, so you can see how we do some different sims, and you know don't follow exactly what we do. Just it's just some stuff to keep in mind. Um, we do some civilian stuff, we do some law enforcement stuff, we do some firefighter stuff. Yeah. I think what's cool about it, so. I went through and watched the majority of what, I mean, I was here for the first part of it and uh, watched the majority of the rest of it. Uh, you, you can tell you that you guys were filming it from an instructor to an instructor standpoint. That being said, anybody that watches it is going to take a ton away from it. So does it, uh, is it as good as taking the course? Absolutely not, because you're just watching it. You're not it's getting better. that hands-on. <laughs> <laughs> but it should get you fired up to take the course. <laughs> Can I drive you lady in the background? <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty PG because normally there's yeah, you kind of have a swear rich environment. Yeah. Things tend to slip. Mm-hmm. So. No, you stay professional throughout the whole thing. Try to. <laughs> <laughs> the first sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was super fun to uh, super fun to record actually as well. It was a lot of a lot of fun going through that. Yeah. So um, that's yeah. stopably.org. Yeah. Uh, right now they're advising they're advising against. Um, doing courses yep. however that's also coming from um, the US so their cases are obviously much higher than ours um, and again they're advising <laughs> so um, I know I've talked to a couple of the local law enforcement guys and they're teaching them but they're doing it with social distancing yep. so they're you know they're, everybody's getting their wound packer everybody's getting their own tourniquet and pretty much 90% of that stuff you can do on yourself I mean you can't well you can't really wound pack yourself but you can wound pack the wound packer that we have <laughs> and you can apply a tourniquet to yourself so um and if you need to apply something to um, to like a leg of a, you can use a dummy or mm-hmm. there's lots of stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. or other props. Yeah, or the props. Props. Other props. Yeah. yeah, rock a mask, whatever. Yeah. There's yeah. options, right? That's the big thing for for British Columbia. We got direction from our um, oh, her title is like the the trauma chief trauma lead uh, for BC, uh, and um, their direction was basically you no. Know, 
end of June through the summer, you know, we're going to start thinking about doing some other um, methods of training, exactly what we did, video stuff, or social distance in small groups. So right. it's it's going to start coming up again. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, yeah, Ash, Bar Boys. Bar Boys. Um, it's like Bar Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I give him shit. Yeah, uh, Nick's been flying solo. Sounds like those those guys have been pretty busy down there, getting tied up in a lot of things. So uh, we like to give him grief. But uh, yeah, really good group of fellas. Uh, Brotherhood of Canopy Radio podcast. Uh, check them out on all the major social media platforms. Um, Is there a fucking Joe Rogan podcast? What are you rolling there? Yeah. 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 Like I'm not. He's <laughs> my idle hands are. He's not. He's, he's rolling a napkin. <laughs> nap. From his peanut butter cookie. From, yeah. <laughs> Carl's wife's cookies. <laughs> but uh, yeah, check those guys out. Yeah, yeah good bunch of guys. Good bunch of volunteer firefighters. They fight for uh, dying breed? That's what I hear. There you yeah, go. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's the OG version. We it's almost play, hard to get it. Yeah. We should play the, the full version. No, just That's stuck in everybody's head. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, speaking of music, I should plug him once more. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Tanner Olsen Band, uh, they were going to come to our seminar. Um, obviously, that got shut down. So he's mm-hmm. been doing some uh, concerts mm-hmm. online. So I'm just asking him when the next one is, but he hasn't replied to me yet. Um, check the note if you like country or if you don't, whatever. <laughs> check them out anyways. Maybe I like one the new day. Age country. Like mm-hmm. it's a little more like alt country. Yeah. Yeah. So good crossover. It's good. Yeah. Um, hey, check them out on Spotify and all those good places. And uh, maybe we'll talk to him about doing a collab with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> DTF where we sit around and bullshit and you play some music yeah, in the background. Yeah, we will not be doing anything instrumental. No. <laughs> Although I always wanted to play the electric triangle. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure one of us can whip up some wicked cowbell. <laughs> I got a fever. Tanner Wilson Band. Tanner Wilson Band. And then you have us. Uh, obviously we are, if you have listened for this long, you know that we are on the Facebook and Instagram uh, TikTok, all the other bits and pieces of fun stuff. Uh, our big big thing at the moment, obviously, is we're really trying to push our YouTube presence and uh, really trying to grow that. We put up videos. Anytime we do anything now, it all goes on all of our channels, but the YouTube space is a good place to go and view all of them in playlist formats and broken down formats as well. It's a lot easier to see and uh, a lot easier for you to have access to than scrolling back through posts on Facebook. So mm-hmm. um, check us out there. If you can, please subscribe there. It would be fantastic. Um, and uh, let us know if if there's anything that you want to see. I know our next big um, next big video set that we're going to be putting together is going to be for RIT um, and just kind of the, the firefighter dying procedures and things like that, packaging and how we do it. Uh, that will be coming up probably in the next couple of weeks. With that, <laughs> I've been trying to organize it for two weeks. <laughs> two years? Yeah. Uh-huh. But we'll, uh, we'll get right into that as well. And... Uh, Again, but hey, look at our uh, stop the bleed. How good that turned out. It is really well. It is really well. On quality. Takes <laughs> time. <laughs> and then, uh, if you can as well, give us a give us a like and a review over on the Facebook, uh, but mainly on the platforms that you're listening to us on. So if you are listening to us through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, however you're listening to us, it'd be great if you would just pop over, give us a give us a rating, and uh, drop us a comment. Greatly appreciate. It. Any more for any more, gents? Kev. Good evening. Todd. Have a good night. Rob. See you later. Ash. Thanks. Scott. Goodbye. It's <laughs> 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 very diversified. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Stay safe. Stay DTFF.